Today on History Revisited, we review the latest entry in the BBC series Intrigue, called The Rat Line, after the break. I want to review here Philippe Sands' podcast for the BBC series Intrigue, called The Rat Line. You can listen to it on iTunes. Sands and his co-creators of this series have performed an enormous amount of work on this 10-part series. It certainly deserves to be heard, both because of the importance of the story it tells and because it is so well done. But you don't have to listen to the rat line before hearing this review, because I will try not to reveal any of its secrets or plot twists. Besides, there are some terribly important implications of the story, some of which may not have been intended by Sands, and certainly not intended at the outset of his investigation. I hope this review will add something to what the series had to say, and not try to tread on the terrain that he and his partners uncovered so well. The story in its broadest outline is about two men looking into the wartime record and post-war intrigue of a Nazi administrator, Otto von Vector. The two men are Sands, a British lawyer and a noted scholar and specialist in international law, and Vector's septuagenarian son, Horst. The two are unlikely partners. Sands knows very well from documents in both European and American archives that Otto was responsible for the murder of thousands of civilians, including nearly all of the members of his own family on his grandfather's side. Horst, on the other hand, wants to rehabilitate his father's reputation and works hopefully with Sands in the almost delusional belief that he can change Sands' mind. For his part, Sands has spent a lifetime trying to ferret out the thinking of war criminals and brings both a personal passion to the story and a scholar's detachment in his dealings with Horst. Given the facts revealed at the National Archives in Washington and in Horst's own trove of archives, which he generously shares with Sands, it will scarcely come as a surprise that Horst's hope for a change in his friend's thinking, cannot and does not occur. The bulk of the series focuses on Otto von Vector's attempt to escape post-war justice with the aid of the Vatican and the Americans. The so-called rat line was an escape route paved with documents in which the church assisted out of anti-communist fervor and the Americans assisted to enlist ex-Nazis against the Soviets in the new Cold War world. There is also much focus on Vector's mysterious death in 1949 and the circumstances surrounding it. These intriguing mysteries will be reasons enough for most people to listen, because they are told with the assistance of some expert analysts and with the first-hand wisdom of one international legend who I will not identify here. 
But I find something else about the series to be much more interesting and important, especially in our world today. The incompatibility of memory and fact. No matter how compelling or obvious the facts of guilt may be, people appear to prefer to build a memorial screen against such guilt and fight tenaciously to preserve personally comforting fictions against the onslaught of world historical truth. This is like a splash of cold water in the face, a revelation that is monumentally depressing. For what we are dealing with in the case of the Nazi past are some of the worst, if not the worst, crimes in history. When the only safeguard against a repetition of these crimes is our ability to remember them and their sources honestly, human beings appear to prefer to privilege the personal and the trivial, their relatives' reputation, and live a lie over the safety of humanity writ large. We have long known, of course, that people respond to trauma by putting their real memories in a box that is often closed for decades. Immediately after one suffers a trauma, something more consoling must take its place, either a relentless focus on the future and a deliberate forgetting, or an invented false memory in which tragedy is relentlessly airbrushed out. But we also know that those who experience the trauma of the victim eventually insist, in many cases at least, of facing their actual memories and then facts, real facts, are faced with powers curative for both the individual and the society. There is some consolation in this reading of trauma and its after-effects. But the rat line suggests a very different conclusion, at least in the case of those traumatized by their parents' deeds. These people, who, let us remember, are our contemporaries, seem to try to retrospectively transfer or displace their own trauma onto their parents, so that their parents become, in their memories, pretended victims themselves. Horst hardly knew his father, but chose to craft a memory of him from his mother's recollections, which she recorded on audio tapes for him in the 1970s, which spun a tall tale of Otto's personal rectitude and reluctance to carry out the Nazis' wishes. At no point does she mourn or linger over the thousands of innocents who died on his command. This fantasy of the mother proved to become, for the son, invulnerable to reams of documentation until one brief period in 2007 when Horst suggested he might have been had. But then... Just as suddenly as this reversal occurred, it appeared to vanish. By 2016, he was still insisting to Sands that he, Horst, still hoped for Sands' conversion to the vector's memory, one that had been, by turns, inherited, forsworn, and then reclaimed. 
The one consistent thread was a pretended remembering that did more to cover up the past than to come to terms with it. Sands ends the series precisely on this note. He speaks of others whose idea of honoring their parents' memory is to turn their backs on the facts of their Nazi pasts. The question is, is this a problem only with people who have to confront relationships between those they love and the worst murderers in history? Or is it an obstacle for anyone seeking to make a better future by remembering the mistakes of the past? Of course, this is a question beyond the remit of the rat line or of any podcast to answer. But in a world of inconvenient truths and fascist flirtations, the world we live in today, on its answer may hinge the fate of humanity itself. Not for this reason alone, but especially for this reason, we owe a debt of thanks to Philippe Sands and the BBC for retracing the road back to the rat line. Music for this episode is made available through a Creative Commons share-alike attribution license and was composed by Fyodor Lavrov. For more information, visit the episode description on historyrevisited.blueberry.net. Please listen for another podcast episode next month from History Revisited. In the meantime, I'm Rick Ryman, wishing you happy listening. Thank you.